Whatever you believe becomes your reality. This is Shana Weldon. Thank you for tuning in. It is time to elevate your life. I give guidance for you to pursue your passions and live your best life. And it's go time. Today we are speaking with Brad Pomerantz, who is the host of a global travel series called Air, Land and Sea on national television and is the host of a historically driven TV show called Uncovered in the Archives. But he wasn't always a television host. He started off working as an attorney, first at a large law firm in LA and then at Paramount Pictures. He studied international relations and graduated from George Washington University Law School. He's interviewed mayors, senators, and members of the U.S. Congress, and moved from interviewing elected officials to traveling around the world to describe extraordinary historical events. And he takes us on how he achieved success and how he kept showing up in times where people kept telling him no. You had a really big switch from pursuing law school and then being a television host which is exactly what I want to be. And that's why, <laughs> yeah. and that is why I was so drawn to you. And you come from this prestigious background, or at least society sees it as a very high level. Um, well, so I, I was, I didn't just pursue law school. I went to law school. I graduated from law school and worked <laughs> for a judge. And then I worked for a big prestigious law firm. And then I worked for a Hollywood studio. And so yeah, I kind of did the law thing for about a decade. And lo and behold, you know, a few decades later, I've been practiced law for a couple of decades. <laughs> I guess I'm on television. It was interesting too, because you also had an incredible segue, like from using your law school background into media and yeah. used to speak with these politicians. and Right. So hmm. here's what I would say about law school and being a lawyer. So I really enjoyed law school. I didn't really love being a lawyer, but there is no question that both experiences allowed me to organize my thoughts both on paper and, you know, when I'm speaking. And that is critical for any journalistic endeavor be it podcast, radio, television, whatever it may be. Because even though the listeners or viewers may not realize it, we as humans like structure. And so the ability to deliver structure is critical, I believe. And that I learned, you know, in law school and as a lawyer. And I think to the extent that I have you know, any talent, a lot of it is as a result of that ability to structure my thoughts in a way that are clear, concise, and accessible. And I think if I may say, because I've learned a little bit about you, you have a science background. Science background is also infused with the ability to structure and organize. Yeah, I think that will serve you well as you launch your career in, broadly speaking, journalism. No, thank you. I I was recently speaking with someone and they said, how does your engineering degree benefit mm -hmm. you in pursuing like journalism? And then it's funny because you just answered it partly. Um, it, it does. And I, yeah, I gave a very similar answer too. I mean, this like structured, the structured thinking, like the ability to like mm -hmm. accumulate this information and 
and organize it, um, get that from engineering, get that from um, right. Now these the, backgrounds. The downside though, and it's something that you and I both need to remember, is that it's critical that when we speak to our audiences, whoever they may be, that we do not presume knowledge. You know, we don't, one doesn't know what they don't know, and that's okay. If we want our audience to stick around and feel included, we can't talk above them. Um, and so that's why I think it's important that we really remember that we need to welcome our audience, include our audience, and always kind of define what we're discussing, discussing and don't presume that they know everything because they don't. I don't. So mm -hmm. why should they? I remember you talking about this uh, in our conversation before about not assuming. And I connected really well with that because it really does leave the environment to be so open, so open to the guests. And this is also why I really value you, you as, as a host, uh, because of your charisma, of course, your mm -hmm. energy, which you mm -hmm. always have in every yeah. episode. Uh, yeah. And also your openness, um, right? not assuming. But I want to, I want to talk about law school. So mm -hmm. in the beginning, what made you want to pursue law a degree in law? Yeah. yeah. So I had thought that I wanted to be an elected official. You know, a lot of elected officials are lawyers. And so it made sense that I would pursue the law because I was going to be the next senator from the state of California. <laughs> um, when I was kind of coming of age, though, uh, and, you know, when it was time for me to kind of really consider whether I wanted to run for office, there were a few currents that were percolating in California. One of them was term limits. We had we ha had very stringent term limits in the state assembly and state senate. And look, I understand the desire for new blood, but you know, if you're artificially removed from the state assembly after six years, which is what it was back then, you know, I I can't take a six year break for my career and then just hope something else comes up. And so then what happened was, and you hinted at it earlier, I wound up being fortunate enough to cover politics for about 15 years. And so I traveled up and down the state of California and then at the end around the country interviewing elected officials at all levels of government, uh, city council, county, state, federal. I interviewed mayors and governors and senators and congresspeople. And it was, it was great. It was really great. And candidly, I miss it. Um, but, you know, that was my run in covering politics, and now I have moved. Um, what I do now is I do a lot of different things at a network called Jewish Life Television. But one of the main things that I do is I host a travel-oriented show that's historically driven. And we travel around the world, and we do these long-form programs about the Jewish history of various countries and then general tourism. And um, it's it's really a treat. I, you know, I'm a history nerd. Um, I love what I do in that space. Uh, you know, Jewish history is fascinating to me. It's not really biblical history. It's a history of the Jewish people. Um, and it's something I anticipated, but I feel very fortunate that I have that opportunity. It's, it's really wonderful. I mean, I was in Morocco a couple of weeks ago. We were in Turkey and Malta last year and Portugal before that, 
Switzerland, Germany, and just a whole lot of different places, uh, Caribbean and um, yeah, it, it's crazy where life takes you. And it took me, it's taken me all over the world. It is crazy where life takes us. When you transitioned from mm -hmm. interviewing elected officials to mm -hmm. then hosting, what, what had you make that transition? What was it for you? Yeah, well, um, so when I was interviewing elected officials, that was a very studio driven show. And I would sit down and we talk for, you know, a half hour. And that is one skill. My travel show, which is traditional hosting, is not that far off of that in that I'm still interviewing experts in the field. We're just not sitting down. Hmm. Um, you know, I never thought of it that way. Uh, it, meaning the you're suggesting that those skills are very, very different. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're that different. Um, I guess they are to the extent that when you're in the field, you're, you're often referencing what's going on around you or behind you or in front of you. Cause you may be referencing a building or an artifact or documents. And I guess that's slightly different, but it didn't and doesn't feel that different. Um, yeah, I'd no, say, I appreciate you bringing that up because I never even thought of it as a difference, but it is. I see how they're the same, though, and I see how you're talking about how oh, they're still they are. people. Yeah. To me, though, I think it's a switch because, like, originally you're using this law background, and, like, and we right. can see you using it, and now it's not so evident that you are. And to me, that's a really major switch. Um and Meaning, I, like law to politics seems more similar. Law to travel seems very different. <laughs> yes. Know? I mean, it is. Yes. It is. It's just the only thing I would say is that, well, yes, I have, you know, played with dolphins on my travel show. That's very kind of more like, you know, travel channel travel. You know, a lot of my travel show is historically driven. Yeah. And so that feels more... I mean, what, what word? I don't want to say highbrow because that sounds a bit arrogant, but it, you know, it, it, it's I know more what you're saying, like educational. Yeah, yeah, oh. it, yeah, exactly. So it doesn't feel that far off of the the kind of organized, structured, you know, figure oh. out the show type thing. Yeah, you have a background in speaking with elected officials. I do, and then you move to host a show where you uncover this these historical events, right? Mm -hmm. and so and i also i will say it's interesting i also host a show for a pbs station in the inland empire that's also historically driven uh called uncovered in the archives and we did a really great season um in 2000 like 18 19 and then COVID hit um and that shows about california history mostly in the inland empire no jewish connection at all uh and it's coming back so that's kind of exciting mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, clearly I like history. <laughs> I was gonna say, yes, yeah. yes, you do. Like for the purpose of the podcast, right? Like to inspire yeah. these students who have this background in engineering, right. something, I don't know, well, like deemed successful and substantial yeah. and they're switching into careers that are not. Right. So, I mean, I guess what I would say is, you know, and I have an agent, um, and he said this to me, he says, Brad, you keep showing up. And that was a compliment. Um, and so that's what I would say is just keep showing up. Keep showing up. I mean, just don't stop. Hone your craft. Get good at what you do. 
um, find your niche and keep showing up. Wow. Um, I mean, that's kind of, I think that's part of, part of, um, no, it's good. When you say showing up, like, did you, did you have this vision of yourself of where you wanted to be? I want to be like the host of these like historical shows. I want to travel through California and the world, like no. talking about these events. No, no, I didn't. Like, how did uh, you keep showing up? We don't always have the luxury of selecting our exact career path. Um, I've had, you know, some control over my career path. Not a lot, but some. But when you say like show up, what are you showing up for? Meaning keep pursuing folks that could give you work. Mm. Um, keep yourself out there we i didn't have this back then but on social media um you know look you're doing it you found me you know just keep true. showing up you know yeah. just don't, don't just don't stop it can take time it can you know it will take time but but just keep it going you know and and, and have confidence in yourself and your ability Keep honing your craft. Listen to people that you admire. Emulate them, but find your own style. Also, I, I'm just really drawn to your background because like you're saying, keep swimming. And I think of how in life, it's very difficult for people to keep pursuing their passions, to keep pursuing their dreams. But we have to pay our bills. That's true. Yeah. Though I do believe there is a way. Um, there's a way to make it work, but people usually stop because they settle right right so you could have totally done that like you could have become a I lawyer yeah yeah and yeah, had no, a stable no. job make a lot uh, of money me, i mean it gets even crazier i mean i left the law what i didn't know was 10 days before 9 11 with a pregnant wife yeah <laughs> great timing brad great but, timing. but i'm sure you did it for a reason like something clicked for you Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, Maybe. it was a little, I mean, it was a little hint of crazy. My, yeah. I mean, too. I did it in some ways. My, my law employer was kind of pushing me to make a choice. So I made a choice. Um, and I'm glad I made that choice. Did you have a, a specific like passion that you were working for? Like, did you have a certain feeling that you were going after? Like for me, like, I'm chasing the feeling that I get when I'm interviewing people. Like, I absolutely love this. Love hearing about people's life. Yeah. I and mean, like, look, I, I I love the conversation. I love learning about people. I'm interested in people. I'm interested in stories. So, um, you know, look, I, I, I can't lie. I presumed I would cover politics for the rest of my life. You know, and I, I mean, I hesitate to say this, but it's, you know, it also at the time of that, corporate merger, I was not a young chap anymore. And, um, you know, ageism is is alive and well in all forms of media. And when I lost my political job, you know, my job in reporting or covering politics as a host or anchor, I thought I would roll in very easily to another gig uh, covering politics. And um, it became clear 
very quickly that they were not that interested. They meaning the global they in someone that is my age, that looks like me, you know, and, and that's that. I mean, but after like so much discouragement, after so many people telling you, I mean, yeah, like, hey, you're too old. Hey, you don't yeah. have the the profile that we're looking for. Right. Yeah, I mean, there has to be some internal um, courage. Right. To find something. Yeah, no, it, yeah, be, it can't come from outside. It has to be. No, inside. no, no. I mean, you're absolutely right. And, you know, people who were in the media are simultaneously incredibly full of themselves and incredibly insecure. And um, I probably fall in that category. You know, some, you know, some people would say, oh, you come off as so confident and, you know, bordering on arrogant. Mm -hmm. Um, But yet, you know, I still want people to love me, you know, you know, it's just, it's an interesting push pull. That's really big of of you to say that. I think this is a direct representation of people though. I mean, yeah, we all want to be cared for and loved. Yeah. We put up this like facade of, Right. Like I know what I'm doing. Right. Um, I mean, do you feel like you had to put this up to make it through? Well, of course. I mean, well, but look, look, if you're going to be in the media, uh, you know, on camera, on podcast, on air, you have to, you know, 95, you know, 98% of us, I mean, unless you're having a weird certain, I shouldn't say weird, but your angle is insecurity. You know, <laughs> you got to come off as secure. Yeah. Confident. That's true because people listen to that. Yeah. People do listen to that. Wow. I mean, what an incredible conversation. Well, thank you, Shane. Really. Thank you, Brad. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I hope you take away what it means to show up and what you're showing up for. Whether it's being with someone in a relationship or career wise. What are you going for? What are you showing up for? And what does it look like to you showing up? And also, I think it's important to recognize when in life we've chosen not to settle. And when we've seen the bigger picture or when we have not shut off the voice that says that we want something more. Where we stepped into action, even though people might have told us that we're crazy or that it's not an option. But anyways, thank you for listening. I hope you've taken something away. And thank you.